Dave. And I'm Rob. And this is The List Makers, episode 24. We must have been doing this for two years now. Oh my God, it's the anniversary, Dave. It is our special anniversary episode, and our topic this week is Top 5 Doctor Who Memories, as submitted by listener Aaron, who of course owns Aaron Collectibles. If you are a Doctor Who fan and you're anywhere near Blackburn in Melbourne, I do encourage you to get along and say hello. There's some great stuff there. But thank you for this topic, Aaron. It's really sparked some... uh, some long thought and some very happy thoughts, I must say, as I've gone back to think of my top five Doctor Who memories. Mm. And uh, it's my turn to go first, Rob. Do you reckon we'll snap on any of these? <laughs> Looking at my list, there is the possibility of one. I reckon there's two that you might share. Really? These are very personal to me. I don't know how you could share them. Well, it depends. On, well, well, let's find out. Mm, let's okay. find out. Uh, so, look, I'm going to dive into my list. I have got a few honourable mentions to talk about later, but at number five, I'm going back to 1986. Now, if you ever listen to podcasts by Doctor Who fans in Australia, inevitably at some point they will mention the 1986 repeat run, partly because it was a run that just went on for months and months and months and covered, I think, six or seven seasons of the show, wow. going out Monday to Friday, 6.30 in the afternoon, for months and months. It was a fantastic run of repeats. Yeah. But the thing that was particularly special about it and what has invoked my memory is it started with St. Patrick Troughton's. Mm-hmm. So there I was as a Doctor Who fan aged about six and we've gone to the, the TV listings and it said Doctor Who's back and the first story is The Mind Robber Part 1. And I just thought, wow. <laughs> this is this is a Patrick Troughton. Yeah. This is a Doctor I've never seen before. I've never seen this Doctor before on the television, and it's black and white. Yeah. And I can remember tuning in to watch the Mind Robber Part One, and as I saw the Troughton titles for the very first time, I had no idea what Troughton's titles looked like, and I was seeing them. Come on, I saw his face. There was the little logo in the corner that the broadcast puts on to let you know that it's broadcasting in black and white and your, your television isn't broken. And there was something about it being that first Troughton, about it being my first black and white, yeah. being broadcast on TV at 6.30 on a Monday night. <laughs> And it was just felt so special and so wonderful. And to then go from there and then into the Crotons, it just was a really amazing thing. And I was just at that age where I appreciated that I was seeing a different Doctor for the first time. Mm. And uh, it was also just an amazing story. I mean, when you're six, it's just a fascinating story. So that's my number five memory. Number four is when I got a text message from a friend that said, Code 7R... I have a copy of Rose. Come over to my place at 2 p.m. We're going to watch it. And this was about two months before Rose was meant to be broadcast. Right. It was when that illegal, illicit version suddenly hit the internet. And suddenly to be rushing with a whole bunch of friends to somebody's house, putting on the first episode of Doctor Who in nine years, Mm. and uh, longer if you don't count the telly movie as an episode. I do remember because I arrived late and... One of the friends said to me, look, we couldn't wait for you. We've watched it once. Don't worry. We're going to watch it again. And then he looked at me and said, apart from one moment, you're going to love it. And he was absolutely right because when the uh, burping really been happened, I turned looked at him and he said, yeah, that was the moment. <laughs> right. uh, but it was, it was just to be there with friends and to see that for the first time was such a wonderful moment. Yes. 
I'm now going to go back to 1988. Mm-hmm. We had seen season 24 shown at the back end of the year. I, look, I thought it was okay. And then suddenly we went straight into Remembrance of the Daleks. Mm. And I remember vividly being an eight-year-old schoolboy and watching Remembrance of the Daleks go out on TV at 5.30, Monday to Thursday, I think it was, mm-hmm. and just being absolutely embroiled in this story from that first moment there. Now, I didn't have the language at eight to go, this is a cold open or this is a pre-credits teaser. I just thought, <laughs> Doctor Who doesn't do this. Yeah. What's this? And then you go in, you've got the adventure, you've got Daleks straight away. You've got that first cliffhanger as the Daleks go up the stairs. You've got the special weapons Dalek. You've got lots of Daleks. But I can remember wanting to rush home because I wanted to know, was that Davros in the corner? Mm. It looks like it could be Davros. What's going on? And just being absolutely invested in this story like I hadn't been by a first broadcast who, frankly, for for my entire life, because I've been too young to really enjoy it before the McCoy era. And then this just came out. So I can still remember being eight and watching Remembrance. It's a really fond memory. Amazing. Number two is another first time, and that is the telly movie mm-hmm. having rung the local importer of vhs tapes from the uk about three times during all my breaks at school has it arrived yet has it arrived yet then finally getting the yes it's here <laughs> and every doctor who fan in the cold depths of a melbourne winter queuing up outside this little warehouse and him just taking tape after tape of the telly movie out of a packing crate and just handing them over to these Doctor Who fans. Um, and I knew half of the people in the queue. And then just getting home, putting the tape in the player, yeah. watching the budget just unfold in front of me in those first few seconds. And then when the theme music started and it was that big orchestral swell with the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I just thought, Doctor Who is back yeah and it was so exciting and so that's just a really strong memory for me excellent number one and it's one that is definitely a more personal one and that is the time storm convention that i helped to run in 1997 Mm -hmm. at this stage i'd been in fandom for my teenage years i'd made some really good friends and a number of them are still people who i'm friends with today after you know 25 30 years um some of them appear on this podcast from time to time (laughs) Just to be there with our friends and go, right, we're going to run a convention. We're going to do what hasn't been done before and get Sophie Alden out here. Now, look, Richard, very good friend of mine. Again, he's appeared on this podcast in 42 to Doomsday. He put his life on hold for six months to really run that convention. Mm. But for it to be such a fun three days, to have such genuine enjoyment with Sophie Aldred and her husband Vince to have fans from all over Australia come into Melbourne and and to host them like I can remember leaving school a little bit earlier than I was meant to on the Friday and getting the train down to where the convention was and just arriving there in my little you know schoolboy uniform and suddenly there were people from Sydney arriving people from Perth arriving and someone was off to get Sophie Aldred and I was there just welcoming people to our city mm. to, to, to our convention and and it was just such a fun weekend and it was sort of the the best of 90s fandom so that was a very fond memory for me excellent oh, i'm almost <laughs> need to need a break after that that was very intense <laughs> yeah so, need a uh, cigarette or something i do i do i'll, uh, I'll let you uh, i'll let you do your list Rob. <laughs> well i'll start off by saying we don't have any snaps but we have two areas that are very similar excellent and the first of those will actually be my number five pick, which is the return of the show in 2005. 
yeah. you, you talk about seeing Rose for the first time a, a few months ahead of release. I'm talking about just the return of the show in general. Uh, it's, it's a simple one to start off with, but when the series came back, I was about to turn 30. I was a grown man. I'd been married. I'd been divorced. I'd owned two houses at that point. I'm making the point that, you know, I had some great cars. <laughs> You know, I'm making the point that I was a fully grown-ass man, as a our US cousins would say. A proper functioning adult, in capital letters. So, for the TV show of my childhood to come back, where I was in a position to appreciate it and, and remember it properly from square one, that felt really special. You know, because I see so many people talk about now the series coming back. Oh, the series came back. It was great. How old were you? Oh, I was, I was seven. You know, and I think, well, I, I saw it completely different to how you saw it. I was already, you know, yeah, over the hill. So for me, that was very special. In at number four is the first time I was published in Doctor Who magazine. I may have this horribly wrong, but I think when Nick Courtney died... I had a letter published about him, and I think that was the first time I got into Doctor Who magazine. And weirdly, again, although I was a full-on grown man at this stage, I still felt something. I felt, oh, this is really good. My name is in Doctor Who magazine, you know? (laughs) I felt suddenly I am irrevocably in the fandom because there's my name in the, in the Bible of fandom, you know. And it, it's doubly weird because I'd been a journalist and magazine editor in the past. So I've got cupboards here full of publications where I'm doing editorials and articles and my pictures in them and all of that. So it wasn't the buzz of being published. I've been published a thousand times before. It was more the feeling that I was now in the world of Doctor Who properly. You were canon. I was canon. I know it must sound so weird, but the first time I got a letter in Dwim, I was just over the moon like you wouldn't believe. Nice. In at number three, and this relates to you watching Remembrance of the Daleks, is my appearance on the afternoon show. Oh, yes. Now, of course, this is a well-worn story on the podcast, but to brush through it for folks who haven't heard... I was on TV in 1988, dressed up as Davo, taking part in a Doctor Who quiz before Remembrance of the Daleks went out. It was probably episode two or three in my mind's eye. And then before the final ep, I sort of came back as part of a group and we all awkwardly sang Happy Birthday to Who. Um, I do remember watching that. So it's very strange that you were a young lad out there watching your future podcast partner. Yes. (laughs) Dressed as Davo on this quiz. It's so weird. That is weird, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I I have memories of this myself, my local fan group, our extended friends in fandom, like Kate Orman was part of these quizzes. Quite nuts. Quite, quite nuts. In at number two, a convention. You had a convention. I have a different convention. I've got Console 88, which was my first big convention it wasn't the first time I'd interacted with people from the series. I'd already met Katie Manning at this point. I'd already met Dudley Simpson at this point. But this was a proper two-day convention where, due to the fact that our local club was known to the guy running the con, we got used in various ways, such as security. You know, like, I mean, I'm 13 years old. I'm, not, I'm hardly a security guard. But we were checking people's passes at the doors of lecture halls, you know, to make sure they had a ticket mm. for the convention before they went in, that sort of stuff. And it meant we got to spend time in the green room with the guests. So it's like, 
I think back on it now and I think I probably dealt with it a lot more coolly than I would now. You know, now I'd be like, oh my God, it's Katie Manning. Oh my God, it's Mark Strickson. I think I'd be more fanished now than when I was when I was 13. I sort of took it in my stride back then. It's yeah. so strange. I've sort of flipped it the, the other way around to what you would expect. Uh, so Console 88 was brilliant. And number one, my number one Doctor Who memory is meeting Mark Douglas and joining the Time Flight local group in my area. Now, Mark Douglas is a listener to our show. Mark talks to you on Twitter sometimes, Dave. He does. And I've told this story a million times too, like the afternoon show story, so I'll be brief. I was at the local library. I requested a copy of The Five Doctors, and this guy came over to me and said, you know, I I just heard you ask for a Doctor Who book. Well, let me tell you, I've got a local club. Blah, 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 blah. The rest is history. I wouldn't have found fandom in the way I did in the late 80s without Mark doing that. So not only is it a top memory, it's actually a really important memory. You know, I, I can't say I wouldn't have ended up in fandom one day. I think I would have, especially in the modern era where fandom is just everywhere and everyone sort of falls into it. But I guarantee back in the late 80s, I would not have gotten into fandom in the way I did and done so many cool things like Console 88 or The Afternoon Show or even just going into the city to Galaxy Bookshop and buying the latest Doctor Who magazine with the guys, you know. So that that is a huge moment. I know Mark listens to the podcast, so thank you, Mark. It was amazing. That was a really lovely list. And look, you're absolutely right. A number of our memories, and certainly a number of my honourable mentions as well, do uh, fit around that sharing of fandom with other people. Yes. Um, When I look at some of the other things that didn't quite make the list, watching Tomb of the Cybermen in 1992 for the first time in just a packed room of fans all Mm -hmm. waiting to see this show, Uh, seeing Battlefield at the Doctor Who Club of Victoria Christmas party at the end of that year. And thanks to Mark for getting the copy out. I know that he'll expect his acknowledgement, but but a hundred or so fans in a room who genuinely for a moment thought the Brigadier had died and you could could hear a pin drop. You know, that was really special. I almost put down just being a teenager on a Saturday morning and opening the curtains and pulling the latest virgin book off the off the shelf and just spending your morning in bed reading The Dying Days or The Romance of Crime. You know, they were really fun moments. But mm. yeah, a lot of these are just about stuff that we got to share with other people, which I think is a big highlight of fandom. Oh, absolutely. When you were talking about in your list some of those shared experiences and I was looking at my list and thinking what I was going to talk about... It's the same as going to see a film with people, not not Doctor Who related, just a film. You know, that group experience of going in and having a laugh or, you know, being surprised or whatever and talking about it later. It's, it's a marvellous thing. And I think in some ways social media enhances it because you get to meet so many more fans. Like, look at all these guys we know in the UK, for example, or the US. Uh, guys in the UK you've subsequently gone and visited, Dave. And, and yeah, which, yeah. you know, one day if I'm next in the UK um, on my next overseas joint, I dare say I'll go and see them too. That's amazing. At the same time, though, social media can be such a cesspit. It pitches people against one another and people who would never normally have a beef with each other in real life end up in fights. So I don't know whether social media is a good thing or a bad thing when it comes to fandom. Look, it's definitely a positive if used well, but uh, we won't go down that that whole rabbit hole. But um, I didn't mean to. No, no, no. But it, it, it's a good point. And, and I want to look also at the other end of that spectrum where a number of these were very personal things that because we were in the days of very old technology, mm. 
it was a very personal and individual moment. Me watching the Mind Robber being broadcast at home, me watching Remembrance of the Daleks going out in 1988, there was no ability to just get on social media or start texting people or going to the WhatsApp group or anything like that, or even just, you know, phone calls. I didn't know any other Doctor Who fans that I could, you know, go and pick up the rotary telephone and mm. dial them and go, oh, my God, did you just see the special weapons, Dalek? There was nothing like that. It was a very private and personal experience and in some ways all the more special for it yeah i mean by that stage i had my local club members and i could be a bit of a pest calling them in the afternoons not so much always to talk about doctor who but just to chat in general so i sort of had that social aspect with my doctor who pals but in terms of going to say school the next day no one at school watched doctor who so i couldn't discuss it when i got to school yeah no absolutely by the 80s in australia doctor who was just another show on a kids magazine program yeah yeah i mean there was one guy but he was in the year above me he watched doctor who but i couldn't be talking to him because he was in the year above me so i hardly saw him from day to day yeah no no that's very very much the case but as well i think a big theme here is us living through the wilderness years Mm. and what a big marker it was when doctor who came back the first time and then permanently the second time i mean we both had that 2005 moment in different ways Oh, absolutely. And I could have thrown in the TV movie quite easily into my list if I didn't have some of these more personal things that had sort of popped up, because that was a big moment too. That was me sort of coming back from time off during the wilderness years. That brought me back into the fold. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was it was a very big deal. And look, there are other sort of silly moments that I could have mentioned, you know, a few drunken escapades, getting getting completely <laughs> rat-assed with Fraser Hines is definitely up there. Marco at a Christmas party who went and grabbed onto a large branch of a large willow tree and said, hey, look, crinoid attack, and then brought half the tree down on top of him. And, uh, <laughs> and everyone's sort of panicking, trying to dispose of the evidence before the uh, the owners of the venue found out. Yeah, just lots of little lovely moments like that. But, yeah. but just... A lot of the stuff that I talked about was remembering episodes of the show go out for the first time and seeing them for the very first time as they were broadcast. And I think that's something that I've lost a little bit of, partly because I'm not a kid anymore Mm. and partly because the idea of going home from school or going home from work and turning on the TV and Doctor Who was being shown is a very different experience to getting up, logging on, finding the app, and yeah. just at, at your own time and place when it's convenient, putting on the episode. And if you need to go grab a drink, you hit pause. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a very different experience watching it now. And look, it's a much more convenient experience. I'm, I'm not saying it's bad, but it isn't quite the same. No, that's true for so many things from our youth. And it's not even to do with growing up. It's just that the world has changed. I think Saturday morning cartoons where there'd be like a block of cartoons from about six in the morning till at least nine, maybe later. That's not a thing anymore. No. And now my life has changed in so many ways. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) Exactly. That was really fun, Rob. I enjoyed sharing those memories. Thank you again to Aaron for submitting that list. Mm -hmm. But we shall now have... And we have one here submitted by listener David Beardsley. And that is... Top five lost episodes you'd like to see recovered. Ooh, okay. Episodes, not stories. That's going to make it even harder. But thank you, David, for that submission. Thank you again to Aaron. Thank you to everyone who listened. Uh, I've been Dave. I've been Rob. And we will make some more lists next month. We will. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.